BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome, everyone, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Jawan, and I'm joined by my amazing panelists, as always, starting off with Tia. What's going on, Tia? How are you guys today? Uh, HBO Max just dropped, and I actually really like the original series, Love Life. No, it has nothing to do with the fact that Scoot McNary's in it. Okay, that has a little bit of a reason, but Anna Kendrick is actually very charming in the show. So yeah, there's my little talking point for this evening. Yeah, it definitely has a lot to do with Scoot McNary, Tia. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. But to be fair, to be fair, Anna Kendrick, like she's one of those actresses that sometimes I find her a little annoying, but she's, I think she's she's fun in this and i think it's a nice uh little show to kind of turn your brain off for about a half hour see anna kendrick to me is one of those actresses who did something that kind of put her career on a different trajectory but she's a gifted Mm -hmm. actress her doing those acapella movies or whatever those things were called um pitch perfect there we go i want to give some respect to people that that enjoy those films i'm sorry pitch perfect is what they're called um, I feel like no one really took her as seriously since. And then the accountant was trying, but Ben obviously shined more than anything. And then you came in with, um, uh, what's your man, Tia? Um, John Bernthal. Um, so a lot about that movie, you kind of, you, when a lot of people re- try to remember, it's kind of like, really remember Anna Kendrick that well. Um, yeah. no, but to me, I do just want to make it known. She is a very gifted actress and it just takes the right role. Once she gets the right series, the right serious role, um, I'm sure she'll be right back on the map. But we see that's what, um, it worked like that for, um, what's her name that did, uh, Twilight, Kristen, uh, Kristen Stewart. She is a gifted yeah. actress. Unfortunately, people only think of Twilight and don't really give her any credence going forward and then all of her well, mainstream movies are kind of bad so then you kind of go uh, 
doesn't know, but it's her off the off the books movies that show you no, she can like really, really, really act. But then when you think Ultra Instinct with uh Jesse Eisenberg, you think Charlie's Angels, you think Twilight, you go no oh Snow White and the Huntsman. You kinda go, No, I'm not seeing it. But I tell people that's the surface. You gotta go below yeah. the surface. Uh, to kind of see how gifted she is. Same with Robert Pattinson. Um, you know, his biggest thing was Twilight, and then it's kind of like, no, he can't act. But it's like, below that surface, no, he can. He he can act pretty well. Um, so I put I put um, Anna Kendrick in with the two of those those uh, people because you kind of look at it, you kind of like, oh, I think she can act that well, and it's like, no, but she can. You just need to see her in things that aren't high pitch or pitch perfect, whatever the hell it's called. Um, well, and also she, um, what you call it? If you have Quibi, she's in this show literally called Dummy, which is like her um, hanging out with a talking sex doll. So, you know, it's hard to kind of take her a little seriously, you know, and she has the show like that. But, you know, I mean, listen, we all got to do what we got to do for a paycheck. <laughs> hey. I'd take it. Nah, there's, there's, hey, I would take it in a heartbeat. Um, but also, Dom, what's going on, Dom? Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay. Uh, me and my lady uh, celebrated being together for four years today. So that's a huge accomplishment Aww. for myself. Um, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Congrats, man. Congrats, congrats, congrats. I really do hope you put away that Lucille from last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's in my closet. It's in my closet. <laughs> um, but no. So before we start off Geek Vibes Live, I want this episode to be a little bit more free-flowing, like a typical podcast are. Not more so uh, direct points of attack. Just kind of free-falling. Uh, and I wanted to start off with, um, I play, I had family game night with my family this past, uh, this past, actually, yes, no, what's today, Wednesday, Monday. Uh, we did it over Zoom because we're all over the world. Uh, we did it over Zoom so we can kind of celebrate the holiday together. And we were doing um, unpopular opinion. Pretty much, it's self-explanatory. You state an unpopular opinion. Uh, they give you a few minutes to kind of state your case and then everyone attacks you. So my unpopular opinion that I wanted to bring to you guys because I don't hide behind my opinions. Uh, I, I wanted to be known what my opinions were. Uh, and my opinion was, I think Denzel Washington is overrated. Um, and what I meant by that was, people have Denzel in their top five greatest actors of all time, right? Like if you ask just a general person, Denzel's probably up there. Even if they only seen six movies, three movies, um, it's just the general consensus that he's one of the top five best ever. Now, the reason why I said I think he's overrated, and let me break it down a little bit. Overrated to me does not mean he's not a phenomenal actor. He's not a great actor. He's not a uh, once-in-a-lifetime kind of talent. Over, like, overrated to me means if he's in your top five, I'd say he's in my top ten. That's what I mean by that. To me, Denzel, when he acts, it's to one beat. Um, and albeit that's a hell of a beat, <laughs> um, it is to one beat. I've always viewed Denzel to be a black, uh, and maybe this isn't a, a fair comparison, but I always viewed him to be a black um, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro beats to the same drum. 
even Meet the Parents felt like Casino, but in a comedy. So you look at it and you kind of go, I want to see them get out of their comfort zones. And for De Niro, it was doing comedies. It was doing Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, and was it Bad Grandpa, whatever. It was doing those where you were kind of like, oh, okay. And then it was a movie he did with Anne Hathaway that people were like, that, that's, that's Robert De Niro. Um, I feel like Denzel hasn't had that. Um, you look at, and to me, I look at Out of Time, horrible movie. Um, I look at um, the cowboy movie he was in, horrible movie. Um, equal, was it? Is it equal? No, not Equilibrium. Uh, Equalizer. Equalizer 2, not the first one, 2. Horrible. So I'm like, Denzel is not really picking the best lately. Um, but then, you know, obviously, you know his great movie. So to me, I look at actors like Tom Hardy, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I'm putting myself on the spot here trying to think of other actors and actresses. Al Pacino. Um, actors that literally you bring them a script and they won't go, I don't really do that kind of genre. Like, I'm, I've never really done that. Like, to me, if Leonardo DiCaprio comes out with a comedy, he will be the great. And it's, and it's good. He will be the greatest actor of all time. That's the only thing Leonardo DiCaprio does not have is a legit comedy. And if he ever does, to me, greatest ever. There is no one that can touch Leo. Um, because if, like, Tia, I'll ask you this, right? And then I'll get your opinion on, on, on my take of Denzel being overrated. If I told you right now, Leonardo DiCaprio in a serious animated movie, right? Like, it's not, it's not just for kids. It's meant to be serious, to tackle uh, real events. If I told you he was a donkey in that animated movie, you would say, Juwan, that might be an Oscar performance he puts on. Like, that might be. Like, that might be that good of a performance. Why? Because it's Leo. When's the last time we saw a performance by his that we were kind of just like, didn't hit Leo? The Revenant. That we thought it didn't hit or he didn't deserve the I, Oscar? I don't think that he deserved the Oscar for that. I think in general, oh, I agree. he deserved an Oscar but for that movie specifically, like I, for the top 10 this past weekend, we did top 10 uh, favorite moments in the Quentin Tarantino films, right? Mm -hmm. And we were talking about Django Unchained. Brittany had actually just seen it for the first time. Um, and I was saying that, I know, I know. I was like, what? I saw that in the theaters. But I was like, I like Leo so much in Django Unchained that I felt like, this is a hot take. Like he deserved an Oscar for that, as opposed to in the Revenant. You know. Mm. So yikes! I'd oh, have listen, to listen, listen, listen. Go ahead. It, it, not saying that he played a good character. Obviously, we could all agree that he played a abomination of a character. But it was because of how well he got into that character, the method acting he did, as opposed to in the Revenant, where I just felt like well. Even so, other movies, you know, of Leo's, I felt um, deserved an Oscar nod more than The Revenant. To me, that was Tom Hardy's film. I don't, I don't disagree. Tom Hardy outacted Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Cruise, wow. Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie. <laughs> um, I'll never disagree with that. I said it once I finally saw The Revenant. Um, I was like, oh, this is Tom Hardy's movie. But for Django Unchained, the only reason why I would not have nominated Leonardo DiCaprio for it is he was a supporting character. 
Um, and remember, remember right. who won for best supporting character that year? It was Kristoff. Was is his name Kristoff? The Kristoff Waltz. Yeah. Is it Kristoff Waltz? Okay, so he won. Waltz, yeah. He won for best who supporting actor. One hundred percent. Right. So to me, he just had more screen time uh, than Leo in that movie. So over the course of all that screen time, it was just a better performance. But when I heard that Leo. Right smashed that glass with his hand and it started bleeding and Quentin was like whoa cut and Leah was like you better not cut that shit keep it rolling <laughs> and, and like when I heard that I was like all right maybe Leo which we like, maybe which I I go back and look at that because I rewatched Django the other day to kind of like relive in the glory that Brittany was finally experiencing and I was thinking to myself if I was Carrie Washington, I would actually be very repulsed that you're bleeding literally all over my face. Yeah, hey, acting. <laughs> That's acting. Um, but no, I want to get you guys' opinion on my take because uh, a lot of people are going to watch this or listen to this because uh, we'll have it both on YouTube and on uh, major uh, DSPs. But to me, like I said, let me defend myself again because we've said so much since I since I said it. Overrated does not mean not 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 gifted, not one of the greats. He's in my top ten, maybe seven or eight, um, but not my top five. I will flesh out before the end of this episode my actual top five. Um, but to me, it's just the hype is just overrated for Denzel. Um, Tia, again, I will start with you. Uh, your thoughts on me thinking Denzel is overrated. So I have to disagree. I understand where you're coming from. Um, and I certainly haven't seen all of Denzel's movies. So I'm not going to sit here and claim that I have. But to me, I when growing up, I always saw Denzel in like the good guy roles. I remember him from Remember the Titans and other movies like that. To me, he was always a good guy. Until one day, maybe it was in high school, um, someone showed me training day. And I was like, oh my God, Denzel's a bad guy in this? And to me, it was just like, it was jarring because I wasn't used to it, but it also was believable. And it was like a standout in that. So to me, I think that, I don't necessarily think he's overrated. Um, I think that he has some range. Maybe he just likes doing things that he's comfortable with, obviously. And I have to ask, is the Cowboy movie that you're talking about Magnificent Seven? Because I really like that movie. Yeah, it was abysmal. It was literally that year the worst thing no. I've ever seen in my life. Easily. No. Worst thing I've ever seen See, the, okay. And this comes from, like, I was, you know, I have a mom and dad, okay, but I was very much raised by my grandparents. And I always watched old westerns with my grandpa and Magnificent Seven, the one from like whenever, the old days. I loved it. So when that new one came out, I was like, I don't really want to see this. And I finally caught it. And I liked it. I, I thought, it, I don't know. I liked it. But I, I have to disagree with you. And I have to say that I don't think Denzel Washington is overrated. Maybe he could do a little bit more in his portfolio but i think he deserves the status that he has so i'm not asking you for for your list uh so so don't worry but would you would you have him in your top five no only because 
I don't think I often go. I, <laughs> my, my, like, rota- my rotation of actors like changes so much. Like to me, the only steadies seem to always just be like, say, Tom Hardy and freaking John Bernthal. You know, besides that, the like the five kind of rotate in and out all the time. But, but that's all I'm saying to you. But technically, it goes against what you just said because that is overrated if you don't even have him in. Because right, because all I'm saying is majority of people's consensus on Denzel is that he's, like, if you had to go through a history of actors, he's top five, right? So if, because if, yeah. I'll apologize right now. If the world thinks Denzel's top ten but not top five, then I apologize. He's not overrated. He's right where he should be. But that's not how that's not how it seems. Yeah. It seems like if anyone that knows movies would have him in their their top five, right? Uh, I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying if you mm-hmm. took a poll, majority of people would have him there. So that's what I mean by overrated. So if you don't even have him in your top five, I would say a part of you agrees with me that, that he is a, a bit overrated. Um, but again, it's all opinion based. So we're not saying this to try to get anyone to feel like how we feel. Um, I just said it. My family completely bit my head off. Um, so uh, they started naming movies, and I'm like, no, the movies were great. I'm like, they were great. That's great. That's great. That's great. But I still wouldn't pick them over Leo. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't. And they wanted to yeah. disown you in that moment. Oh, no, they did. They did. It, there was no want to. They did. Um, but to me, I, I do fault actors who don't open up their – uh, their portfolio, especially if you're great. There should be a very few things that you can't do. Um, like, I'll give you an example to you. If you had to ask me, Juwan, could you picture Denzel doing two big-time action movies like Book of Eli and The Equalizer? I would say no. The Denzel that I've never even seen kick somebody? No, that guy's not doing action movies. He's just doing dramas. And then Book of Eli? Really good movie. <laughs> Equalizer, the first one? really good movie um so i'm like if he's able to do action like the one comedy he has under his belt that i guess you can consider comedy is two guns and i don't know if it's the hate that i have for mark Wahlberg or if that movie was just horrible (laughs) but i did not have an enjoyable time watching that movie whatsoever um so i mean that's just how i feel but dom i'm gonna go to you man do you think denzel's status is a little overrated or am i completely crazy I think that, so like, <laughs> me and my homies, when we did, uh, we had an episode of our podcast, and it was called like, Who's Better Than Leo, or something like that. <laughs> so we all, we all think that Leo is like, cream of the crop. And Denzel, what's hard about him is that, we, when you compare someone like Leo, if you look at both their catalogs, Leo looks different in a lot of different movies, right? So it seems like he's more taking on a role because his hair is long or it's short or he's skinnier or he's whatever the case. But Denzel, because he's such a smooth, suave person, um, and I feel like that's like him through and through, that when he comes to a role, it's so good, but he's still just this smooth, suave dude. So. When you see a movie, like you said, he is very <laughs> similar in all his roles. And and I think also, too, if you ask people, 
the uh, the movies. If you ask them to you know name your favorite Leo movies and your favorite Denzel movies, it's more likely that when you think of uh, Leo's movies, whether you the, the top ones or the your favorites, they end up being more serious type movies where his role requires him to be a that much better of an actor because of the role. You think of Denzel's movies, they're, they're usually like the crowd favorites. You got Equalizer, Train Today, uh, Man on Fire, American Gangster, Book of Eli, and maybe like Glory or something. And he's essentially the same guy in like four of those movies. Now, does he give us that character and you like really feel what he's going through and what he's trying to do? Yeah. And it's great, but is it better than, say, a Leo in a movie of that same year? Probably not, because Leo completely became a different person to play, like, in The Revenant, or, or when he was in Django. He's, he's, he's a completely different person. So it's, it's hard. Like, Denzel's great, but I think that... And it's going to sound weird to say out loud, but I think because of when he started, there wasn't a lot of Black great black men actors that were getting a chance. So when you have someone that was really good, like Denzel, you told him, hey, don't change a thing, just be you. And that's great, but if you to put him in like a top five would be very hard to do. <laughs> um, and I'm a little, I'm, I'm like TMI, I kind of rotates, like it kind of just goes on like a feel and then kind of like music it, for a certain period of time, you really love this one thing and then later on, it's, you still like it, just not as much. So it's kind of hard for me to like make a list. But it, would he make my top five? Probably not, honestly. Um, I can I can't really tell you that like I've ever just besides like Training Day, I couldn't tell you like, oh man, this movie he did with this person is one of my favorites. It's it's not it's Training Day and American Gangster, and <laughs> and that's when he's playing kind of bad guy role. So you know. See, I'm glad you said that because I think Training Day, top to bottom, is completely overrated. It's nowhere near his best film. Um, if you ask me what did I think Denzel's best film was, I would say by a mile, it's American Gangster. Um, American Gangster, and then the next level uh, after that would be Malcolm X, and then so on and so forth. Um, but what I mean by I think um, Training Day is overrated is because, like, when I grade an actor, I don't just go all right, well, this movie was really good. That movie was really good. Like, how do I... I do it by, all right, whole body of work of this movie versus whole body of work of that movie. If American Gangster was four hours long, I could watch that every day for the rest of my life, still be entertained. Couldn't do it with Training Day. I'd be fed up with that movie maybe second go around. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, y'all got to turn this off. It's like, Juwan, well, you don't win your money. Keep the money. I can't keep watching this shit. <laughs> like, turn it off. Um, so to give you guys, our listeners and Tia and, and Dom, a better idea of my mindset, here's my top five. And this, my top five only rotates based off of if someone comes in that has a body of work that, uh, I think now adds up to somebody in there. And then I go, mm -hmm. all right, movie by movie. And then if a movie overtakes something that they did, that's how I swap them out. But my top five, and this is in no order. Leo, Tom Hardy, Anthony Hopkins, Will Smith, Al Pacino. Now, if you notice something about those five individuals, you never see them playing the same thing over and over and over. Now, someone will argue with me, Will Smith plays Will Smith in every movie. 
don't really have an argument with you against that, but only in comedies does Will Smith play Will Smith. In dramas, I Am Legend does not feel like Seven Pounds, does not feel like Pursuit of Happiness. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they don't all feel the same. But Bad Boys, Independence Day, those Will Smiths kind of feel the same. Um, but dramas? Nah, I can't give you that. I can't give you that at all. His dramas never feel the same. Yeah, after I saw um, Six Degrees of Separation, I was like, yo, Will is the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, to me, but that's that's my top five, and I feel as though whoever, like, if your top five is different than mine, I feel very confident. Like, if if this is my starting five for a basketball team, Dom, I'd feel 100% confident it'd win a championship every year. That's how strong I feel that that starting five is. So to me, that's why I don't have Denzel in there because I could point out five movies of each of those individuals I think is better than five of Denzel's. Um, so that's what I mean by he's not in my top five. But I will never disrespect the man. He's like seven or eight, um, you know, for sure. For sure, he's like seven or eight out of my top ten. But top five over those five? Nah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it will never happen ever, ever, ever. Um, but yeah, I, I like this. I think I think every episode someone should bring in a hot take. Um, this is a lot of fun. I like this, and I feel <laughs> glad that you guys didn't kill me like my family did. So, <laughs> Whew. stress stress off. All right. Um, <laughs> now I want to talk. Uh, Tia, you started off with uh, talking HBO Max. HBO Max launch worldwide today. Today is also my sister's birthday. Happy birthday to my sister Happy and my birthday. aunt. Oh, shh. Didn't we? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh <laughs> She's going to see this episode and go, wow. And it's like, yeah, sorry. I know. I forgot. Um, but I want to ask you guys. <laughs> I want to ask you guys. I don't want to start. I've talked too much. I, wanna, I want you guys to go. Um, HBO Max, like I said, released today worldwide. Tia, what were some of the things that blew you away about HBO Max uh, as compared to Netflix or Disney Plus or Amazon Prime? Uh, was there anything, whether it was catalog-wise, uh, format-wise, uh, just anything that really kind of just blew you away that you weren't expecting of uh, HBO Max? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that anything particularly blew me away, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised with some of the things that they had in their catalog, such as, say, like, old Looney Tunes, TCM, as I mentioned before, growing up with my grandparents, I watched a lot of old movies, so that was nice seeing something like that. I like the ease of the app. Um, I went through a lot of things and started adding them, obviously. It's cool that all of the DC movies are on there, um, and then all of the HBO series that I'm actually currently watching are on there, which if you guys haven't watched Mark Ruffalo's I Know This Much Is True, um, he definitely solidifies himself as a great actor in that show, so you can watch it on HBO Max. Um, again, I wouldn't say anything particularly blew me away, but I did like their catalog a lot. I found myself, and this is not dissing Disney Plus, say, right? Because I have Disney Plus, but... You know, when you go to Disney Plus, you think of, okay, you're going to get a lot of things that are very family-friendly. And with HBO Max, it definitely adheres to me more because you know that you're going to get things that are a little bit more 
adults, a little bit more mature, your speed. So it's like you can find a lot more things on there than you can say on Disney Plus. But so far, I mean, it's not going to rival Netflix as far as the originals just yet. Netflix just has been around for much longer and has so many more originals. So I think anything is going to play catch up and you have to kind of sit there and wait for it to play catch up. But I would just like for HBO to kind of um, get rid of their other services. You have Max now. There's no need for Go. There's no need for Now. Just have Max and be at it. Yeah, I, w- I will say this. To me, the one advantage that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that HBO Max has is what a lot of people don't realize is it's all incumbents of so many different uh, TV stations. So it's not just what you see on HBO. It's what you see on TNT. It's what you see on TBS. It's what you see on True TV. It's what you see on Cartoon Network. Um, So it's just so many channels all coming into one. Um, So to me, what blew me away was its library. Um, I have to be honest with you guys. Disney Plus, Marvel, Star Wars, Pirates. All I've ever watched. That's it. Have not watched anything else besides those. Um, Like, not even a glance of anything. Um, Since I had HBO Max, I've started Teen Titans. I've started Beware of Batman. I've started BVS again. (laughs) Tia. Um, (laughs) I started Rick and Morty. I've started Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've been on a watch spree today. Um, so there's just so much stuff to go through. Um, so to me, that's where it, it, it kind of shines. And to me, Tia, HBO Max is the only streaming service that could lean on its library uh, enough to where you're not really worried about original content because there's just so much yeah. for you to watch. When Disney Plus came out, they came out or when they were advertising for coming out, they were advertising as if we were getting shows like and we've only had one. <laughs> well, two if, yeah. if you're a, a deep cut Star Wars fan of Clone Wars. But if you're not, The Mandalorian was really the only thing. Um, or the only big thing, rather. I mean, with Disney Plus, to me, the thing that it's like, okay, like for me, right? I still have all of the VHSs of all the old Disney cartoon movies. But if you don't have those, you know, and you have kids or you even just want to rewatch it. So you have that whole huge library of all of their old Disney cartoon movies, which is great, right? And they have Pixar, but how many times are you really going to rewatch all of that? Like, I did watch a few Pixar movies, you know, and that was fun, but I'm not going to go back and rewatch them now. So as you said, it, I really don't find myself going to the Disney Plus app when I'm sitting there looking at my phone going, what should I watch today? Right. And to me, the thing that I don't like is, um, like, as as you get older, it re- you really have to be in, like, a different headspace to want to watch, uh, like, those classic animated movies. Um, like, I don't ever just wake up and go, yeah. It's a Hercules day today. Like I don't. It just. It, it never happens. But like I wake up plenty of times and go. Well, I still might get the Mandalorian another go around. Good idea. Well, I, I every once in a while will still watch Mulan just because that's a favorite of mine, you know. But no, I get you. I get you. It's like how many times are you like, 
you know what? Snow White, Snow White is my jam today. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's happening. Cinderella happening. <laughs> exactly. Like you're more you're more inclined to watch a Marvel movie um, than you are to just randomly go. No, nah, it's it's a Finding Nemo day today. I'm just throwing Finding. Like it just it doesn't really happen all that much. Um, <laughs> but uh, but Dom, I want to go to you. Have you uh you you got HBO Max? Not yet, but I will I will speak to what you're saying with Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> the nostalgia factor wasn't as strong as they thought it was gonna be. Since The Mandalorian has yeah. ended, I have heard zero people mention Disney Plus unless they have kids. Because I mean, yeah, they have all the old shows and it and and I thought I was gonna feel a lot stronger than I did, but as soon as I watched The Mandalorian, I think I watched like ant-man and then i've watched like avengers but uh i think i started to watch smart guy and then i didn't go back to it because i don't know there's better things to watch like i the, it, it just wore like the whole nostalgia it, seeing them all was like, oh yeah 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 and then i was like do i really want to go back and watch a bunch of middle schoolers probably not like especially if it's not stranger things so um <laughs> Yeah, it, the, the the nostalgia factor wore off, and it's it'd be different if it was all like, I th I feel like Nickelodeon could pull it off. It was just all '90s Nick cartoons that works a little different because they're cartoons instead of like Disney had like shows, like many shows of people in them. So I think it's kind of hard to go back and watch, you know, like think about like you watching um some Disney show, and you're like, oh, I used to have a crush on this person and you go back and watch it now and it's like this is weird i can't go back to that headspace um but hbo max what what did uh, i notice that they kind of dropped the ball to me is that i know they had a release date they wanted to to be hard on but the fact that amazon tv and uh amazon like fire tv and roku users can't use uh, you can't get HBO Max through those platforms, at least not yet. So that's, I think I look at the numbers, it's like 80 million people who can, they can get HBO Max, but the, the, they don't have the convenience of using their Fire TVs or the Rokus to do it. So I think uh, they may see an increase in, in once they fix the issue, but if they can't, I think they might not be in the top for a little bit as far as, you know, the stream awards um, because people tend to go back to what they know. So it always be Netflix for a long time. It may not, you know, we'll complain about it. Uh, people complain about certain shows not being good or movies, but you always go back to it because it's like when you have MySpace and Facebook, you always went back to MySpace because it was the first one. You know what I mean? You just hope that the other one ends up taking over the other one. Um, but now I'm definitely kind of looking into it because um, Netflix has The Office. And from what I saw, HBO Max has Fresh Prince. That's going to be that one egg you hold on to for as long as possible because that show will forever have high viewing because people love those reruns. I remember um, Fresh Prince was literally coming on like five different channels at one point and just reruns because people love that show and it has that same following that The Office has now. So 
that's something that I'll always be able to lean on. Uh, Will Smith somehow figures out how to get richer all the time, and it's not fair. <laughs> um, but no, nah, I definitely want to check it out because that, like you said, that's a very solid catalog. And when I can go back and rewatch The Wire and Oz and Sopranos, and those are hard enough to go back to. So they're definitely going to have um, a loyal fan base because HBO is like that that giant name that doesn't have to say its name out loud very often. When it does, it has a lot of punch to Speaks it. Speaks loud. Speaks loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as you were saying, it not being everywhere, it's something that will be fixed very quickly. We just saw, Com I think it was Comcast in HBO Max just struck a deal so anyone with Comcast can get it. Um, so it will be rectified very quickly. Um, but this is, this is why uh, me and Joel were talking about, uh, about uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Um, last Saturday. That's why I told him all the fans that are getting excited for the Snyder Cut, it's not for you. Um, and albeit, Kanan had posted that uh, posted a report that um, originally the Snyder Cut wasn't going to be on HBO Max and it was probably going to be a theatrical release. I still call BS. I think its plan was to always help HBO Max. Um, and think about this. I was telling Joel, I was like, the problem Disney Plus, I'm surprised it does not have at this moment is Mandalorian came out last September, October. There's been no real huge original content since. Um, and now, because of coronavirus, there might not be any uh, content till either late, late this year or early next year. So I'm essentially just having this to watch old Marvel movies, old uh, you know Star Wars movies, stuff like that. That gets very old. Now you go to HBO Max, there's, I can tell you there's plenty of people that are, that are like, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. Let me start today. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Let me start today. I've never seen this. Let me start today. Um, and um, I wanted to correct you a little bit, albeit Fresh Prince is a huge, huge show for them to have under their belt. Their claim to fame for this, this uh, uh, streaming service was Friends. It wasn't yeah. Friends. I, I think they caught a lot of people off yeah. guard when they saw Fresh Prince. I hate like, it. Oh, shoot. Um, I've, I've personally never watched Friends, so it, it does nothing for me. Boo-boo. Um, <laughs> it just <laughs> does nothing for me. Um, but a lot of people were clinging to it because they're like, damn, I want to go through Friends because they were used to having it on yeah. Netflix. And now it's here. Um, so they're going to get it. They're going to get it rectified, Dom. They'll get it with everyone everywhere. Um and all you got to do if you're HBO Max is every once in a while, like Kanan was shocked. Remember he had posted um, no Harry Potter yet. And then you look and all the Harry Potters are there. Right. <laughs> so if you're HBO Max, all you have to do is just something that, that right there is a silent boss move. It, like some people might go, Oh, it's Harry Potter's series. Who cares? A lot of people, a lot of people want to watch the first one all the way to the, the, the current ones. So to me, that's a small boss move. But back to what Tia was saying earlier, um, before we wrap up this topic, I had this conversation with Kanan today. I was telling him, I have HBO Go. H well, HBO Max doesn't really exist anymore, but HBO Go, uh, uh, HBO Now, sorry, uh, doesn't really exist anymore. I have HBO Go, HBO Max, and um, DC Universe, right? There's no reason that no. two of those three should exist. Just none. No reason whatsoever. No. And it's not even like a, a rights issue. You own each other. What, do, <laughs> what, what, what are you keeping this here for? 
So I'm scrolling through HBO Max and I'm like, okay, all right. You know, DCEU movies. Oh, it has a few animated movies. Why is why do I still have DC Universe? Why is I still right. like bring all your catalog here, right? Bring what you should do is have a slash. So it should be HBO Max slash DC. And when you click on DC, you can read comics, all the animated shows and movies, all the live action movies. Um, and I'm like, the fact that all the CW shows can be there. The fact that I'm opening this and I'm like, all right, you get the gist, but DC Universe still exists. Why? Well, why is it here? So to me, HBO Max has to absorb that immediately. Like, immediately. Same way I think Disney Plus would be smart to absorb um, Hulu. I, I think Disney was always stupid about the concept of Disney Plus is supposed to be a family-oriented um <laughs> service to me what i always thought was stupid about that was if you go on netflix it's for kids it's for teen it's for like uh you know somewhat older kids teenagers and then grown adults and you never have this issue of parents suing netflix because their kid changed it to ma you know so i'm like if you're disney plus why not have disney plus slash hulu or have it to where if you increase it get those adult shows from Hulu or whatever. Um, because honestly, once people start to realize like you guys own each other and I'm paying for these different <laughs> services, they'll start to say, I don't want to pay for these different services. Like what is Hulu offering me that I'm like, yo, psh, I need to pay for this. Nothing really. Honestly, it's literally well, cable television. The thing but is Hulu. Go ahead, Tim. Well, to me, the thing is, is that I, I understand it a little bit more for Disney and Hulu just because Hulu wasn't always under Disney's flag first. And then also Disney is all, has always been promoted as a child-friendly studio. Netflix did, and it came as a adult um, service. I mean, what one of, we were just talking about this, I think, one of their first original um shows was the one with Bill Skarsgård, um, freaking, you know, uh, done by Eli Roth, right? A horror thing. So people always knew that Netflix was not child-friendly. Disney has always been the wonderful world of Disney. So I think that it's like, say, Walmart, right? Walmart is supposed to be a family-friendly establishment, and they have the right to censor whatever they want to keep up with their family-friendly appearances so i think that that's where disney is coming from yeah i i just think it's 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 foolish honestly i i get what you're saying i just to me it's stupid uh if they didn't own hulu wouldn't even be a conversation i completely understand it i completely you own it it's yours i'm not paying for it and you're you're disney plus why <laughs> So to me, that's just, it's frustrating. And but I will say, it, Disney and Hulu is nowhere near as bad as HBO having the same thing, just three different heads. Like that is. And to be fair yeah. with you, two of the heads, HBO Go and HBO Max, are legit the same thing, just minus the. Uh, yeah. Like HBO Go has your movie catalog, just not all your movies, but majority of them. So I'm like why like the only reason i don't cancel hbo go is because i'm not paying for it it's free with direct tv so i'm like <laughs> all right whatever um but if i was 
I'd be writing them every day. Like, do you think I'm stupid? Do you really think I'm that stupid <laughs> to have you both? Um, but no, hopefully they get that that figured out because all three of them just shouldn't exist. How's the uh, the servers for HBO Max? Because I know I've constantly, and it's part of the reason why I don't use Disney Plus. Uh, where I stopped earlier, their interface is terrible. Like. It was fine on my phone, but if I try to watch it on the TV through like a fire stick or the fire TV, it would like get stuck and load really slow. And I got to the point where I was just like, I don't want to mess with it anymore. Well, it took forever for me to finally get it on my Xbox, but I've watched it on my Xbox and my laptop. I've had no issues. I haven't watched it on my phone yet, um, but I've had no issues. And you would think like, oh, the server would have crashed. Right. Right. I've had I've had none of those problems and like right now on my TV in my room because I'm I'm in my living room and in, in my room Teen Titans is still playing uh, on my TV and I've not seen it stop or waver or anything yet so it's been solid it's been pretty solid um, so I, I have no complaints none I, I mean I know as soon as I say that it's gonna probably go <laughs> but I have zero complaints um, but yeah, Dom, we definitely got to get you HBO Max, man, so you can experience that wonderland of uh, a catalog. Like, it's a brilliant catalog. Um, but all right, let's move on. We got some breaking news, actually. Uh, let me read it. Our breaking news is, apparently, it looks like somebody by the name of Henry Cavell um, is in talks with Warner Brothers to reprise his role as Superman. Um, comicbook.com has also confirmed the news that Henry has reached a deal with the studio to return as the Man of Steel. Henry will make appearances as Superman in multiple DC films, but no word on if a sequel is in the works or which movies uh, Henry will appear in. All right, so let me go ahead and help you guys with that. Shazam 2 and or Black Adam and or Shazam 3 will be the movies Henry Cavill's in. They need them desperately and there's a reason why out of all the characters that david sandberg could have had a headless cameo for superman was the biggest one um albeit technically in that universe superman was the most known one because wonder woman wasn't that uh visible and batman obviously would have never done it um so it just makes the most sense but I can almost guarantee you Black Adam, Shazam 2, Shazam 3, Superman will be in either all three or one of the three. Um, but I am shocked, and I see Kanan and AJ are arguing about it in the group chat, but um, I do find it hard to believe Kanan's making this point. I do find it hard to believe Henry Cavill would sign on just to be a cameo Superman uh, over the course of, like, six movies. Um, so, I mean... It has to be that we're getting a Man of Steel part two. Um, I mean, the fact that Iron Man 2 came before most people's solos uh, and we can't get a second of Superman, but like we're getting a whole new Batman. We might soon be getting a whole new Flash. Shazam is on its second movie is ridiculous. Um, so I just have to hope uh, a sequel is on the horizons. I just hope, and I know I'm going to get ridiculed for this. Tia, you're going to have to shield me. Um, I just hope with the talk of this Snyder cut that there is no conversations being had about Snyder coming back to do this sequel. 
I don't want it. Oh, want it. you know that's already going to happen. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I will say <laughs> I loved Man of Steel. I still to this day have it at least one, one or two uh, for DC films, which isn't saying much because there isn't many. Uh, and then there isn't many good ones. But I do have it very high on my list. Um, but to me, his vision is just so dark. And it's like we're starting to get out of the dark into the light. And I want to embrace that. I want to embrace it. Uh, and albeit, I used to like when everyone was like, well, Marvel is super light and DC is super dark. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. And then, like, all the movies seem dark, and I'm like, I don't know if I like this. Like, I, I, yeah, I went back and I watched, I watched um, BVS in, in 4K, right? And I'm watching mm -hmm. it, and I'm like, all right, this is as clear as you could possibly get for clarity, right, uh, of watching something. And I'm like, it's still so fucking dark. It's were you squinting, right? Like... I was, and what was crazy was when they were showing the kryptonite, the kryptonite sometimes looks so dark, and I'm like, I know it's green, but like, is it like, is it really? That's, like the, that's the thing is that whenever I like say criticize the DCEU or Zack Snyder films and I say, oh, it's so dark. And you know, some people are like, oh, what Marvel happy go lucky. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not talking about the context and like, you know, the aura of the film. I'm talking about literally the lighting. Right. Like, and, to, and to me, that just shows that's, a movie trick why do you make things dark so you don't have to put as much effort into showing things because you just make it dark yeah like i can picture zach snyder like fighting somebody like whoa, whoa is that a light on in that room did i tell you about lights <laughs> um, so like i mean but no honestly i'm really excited about this news i think we all are collectively excited about this news he said he could do the witcher and superman i'm gonna hold him to it um i I want to see how that plays out. I, I, at some point, it's going to get tricky. At some point, someone's going to say, hey, we're filming today. And he's going to go, oh, I'm the Witcher today. And they're going to go, do both. <laughs> you said you could do both. Fly out and film both. Um, so I'm just, I, I am curious to see how that all plays out. But um, Dom, I'll start with you. How excited are you that uh, it seems like Henry Cavill is back as Superman? I want to, <laughs> I really want to see Black Adam, Shazam, and uh, Superman together. Because for some reason, it's the visual of three swole dudes in capes is cool in my head. But <laughs> I really want to know how uh, Zachary Levi is going to feel standing next to The Rock and Henry Cavill. And he's like, yeah, I work out too. Um, <laughs> there's no special effects that they added to make me look bigger. I, yeah, because that's <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna feel awkward at some point when they're like getting a wardrobe and you just see like mountains upon mountains of man meat, and then Zachary Levi just stand there like, um, can I get a protein <laughs> shake? Um, no, nah, but uh, I definitely I feel like you know people are giving Henry Cavill a whole bunch of shit for like I guess not fighting for the Superman part like they thought he should and i think we all i think we talked about this before that he was kind of playing everything close to the vest to he didn't want to burn any bridges and he also didn't want to be just speaking outright because he was like i'm I'm busy with other things as well 
and he probably got tired of being asked about Superman. But I feel like he always knew that he was going to come back and he just needed like the right timing. And it just so happens that we have the Rona to provide plenty of timing to figure things out. So, um, no, nah, it should be good. And I, and I think it'll help take uh, the DCEU in like a direction that they, uh, successful direction they want to go. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's, it's frustrating because you, you never want the news. Um, that'd be like if they said, and I, I'm not hoping for this, it's just an example. Uh, if they said Ben Affleck is returning as Batman, but just in cameos, it's like, who wants that? Why would you think I wanted that? Why, why do you think that's good news? Like, yes, he's returning, but as a cameo, I don't want that. Right. Um, that's like if the Bulls heard, hey, in 2000, Michael Jordan's coming back. And you're like, yes, as a head coach. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. Who wants that? Um, so I just look at this and I kind of go, I, I hope I hope a sequel by J.J. Abrams is right around the corner. Like, I hope as soon as we pop our heads out, that news just slaps us right in the face and we can move forward. Um, because that being in production would be something that would calm a lot of us. Because um, our biggest fear was damn, are we going to recast Batman, Superman, and Flash? Like, is this really going to happen? Um, and now it looks like we just only recasted um, Batman. Uh, we have heard no news on Ezra, which is scary because it feels like that movie will be delayed more. Um, and it looks like Henry's back. But Tia, how do you view this news? Do you view it as really good news? Or do you kind of view it like half, half full, I guess? Um, I mean, I'm not mad or sad or anything that Henry Cavill wants to come back. Um, I feel like I've gained a really big appreciation for him as an actor. Lately, you know how much I love The Witcher. I enjoyed him in Mission Impossible Fallout. And I even remember watching Man of Steel and liking his Superman. He probably was one of the only things that I liked about BVS and maybe even Justice League. But, um, you know, as far as, I hate, as Dom pointed out, I hated the whole thing where people were suddenly disliking him because he wasn't there waving the Snyder Cut flag like the other actors. You know, he was trying to be, I think, a private person and tired of hearing about it all the time and just wanted to do his thing you know at his in his mind and i think this should just people should accept it that's movies that's business sometimes it doesn't work out and sometimes you have to move on so to him he's like i okay yes that was all these years ago but guess what i'm all these other characters now please stop asking me every single time about this sniper cut thing um but i do know that also he did say that he loved the character he'd love to return so if he has the chance to return then great that's fine with him if he's into it i didn't mind him as superman but i do kind of dislike the implication that this could mean that zack snyder could return because i see this huge rally to me the snyder cut is just giving into that so it's like there could be the chance that, and, and I'm not saying they could, you know, I'm not a freaking executive or anything, but this just feels like 
as you said, John, we were getting out of the Snyder realm of DC. It looked like we were finally getting some fresh faces. We were going in a new direction. Now suddenly you want to be pulled back. And it's like, I don't want to go back under the Snyder regime. I also don't think a whole entire universe should be just given to one person like this. Now, I do understand what that means, I, I, how that sounds, because, you know, Kevin Feige is in charge of Disney. But to have like Zack Snyder pretty much like direct every single GCEU movie, it's like, stop, please stop. <laughs> well, Tia, yeah, I agreed. I agreed with you from the jump. Uh, Zack Snyder's vision was to have Batman die. Once I heard that, I said, um, "This man means nothing to me. Uh, um, he means less than nothing." To me. Um, I actually hate him, and now that I'm thinking about it again, I'm hating him all over again. Um, but um, but no, like I, I don't want this to be any Snyder hate. Snyder is a, a brilliant visionary. Um, I just I I need. We're going in such a great direction, right? To where it's kind of just like yeah. Patty Jenkins, 1984. Albeit Zach will still be an executive producer, or he'll still get an executive producer credit because he casted uh, Gal Gadot. Um, it does not feel or look anything like that first one did. That first one looked like it was a sister of Man of Steel. That's how dark it was. And it was just like, right. no. <laughs> no, you got that wrong, Zach. Don't do Wonder Woman. But see, the thing is that you and I, you, me, Ju uh, Dom are sitting here going, yes, like, thank God Ty Jenkins has full control, you know, or whatever of Wonder Woman 1984, but you have the huge Snyder cultists who sit there and hate that it looks more, say, lighthearted and bright or something, and oh God, please bring Zach back to save, and it's like not everything needs to be this dark dull world wonder woman is a beacon of hope and should have this nice bright bright uh movie and noah said it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows so like i don't know it's just it gets tiring it gets really tiring because it's like we're i saw joan like real talk i know this is so like off topic with the henry cobble thing but did you see online all these people who suddenly are trying to sound intelligent going, I think uh, the Batman's just going to get scrapped. Now that they're coming back out with you know, the <laughs> Snyder Cut and Zack Snyder is, you know, Matt Reeves and Pat, uh, Robert Pattinson are going to lose their jobs. I'm like, do you know how nuts you sound right now? <laughs> Unfortunately, what Tia is referring to is, I, don't, I usually don't like to play this, this politics game, but Sometimes it has <laughs> some very unintelligent uh, websites. We're trying to say that Ben Affleck will be returning as the Batman. Therefore, people were feeling as though Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson were out. Um, I don't even know how to cut down that tree. I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll start by swinging. Hey, Ben's not coming back. Ben's not coming back. He will never come back. I don't want him back, honestly. Because um, to me, I view it, and I was telling Joel this, the analogy that I made for Ben Affleck ever coming back is if your significant other cheats on you, right? And you welcome them back. You mm -hmm. forgive them, you welcome them back. A part of you will always feel as though they'll, le they'll do it again. Um, right. So, like, your, your defense will be up for every little thing that they do right 
So to me, if Ben ever did come back, my fear would be, what if he loses the interest again? And then we're back to square one. Like, even if they, yeah. even if they force him to do the movie and he kind of just half-asses it. Um, like, if you look at his body in BVS and then his body in Justice League, he kind of half-assed Justice League. He was kind of just like, whatever. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's just like, I don't, I don't want that stress. I don't. That's why, Tia, when you, when you and Dom were like, yeah, man, come on, Robert Pattinson. You should work out. Get that Batman body. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just glad he wants to be Batman. I'm just glad he wants to be here. He's not leaving. I don't care what his body looks like. Give me the movie. Make it be good. I have no complaints. So to me, it's just, it's one of those frustrating things where it's just like, you guys got to stop. And what's funny is, Tia, you might not have been paying attention. You and Don might not have been paying as much attention to it as I was at the time. What we're going through here with this whole, oh, Ben's coming back, whatever, whatever. This was big when Marvel and Sony uh, first agreed on a, on a deal. And everyone was like, it has to be Andrew Garfield. And I'm like, it's not going to be. No, I was just like, I don't want it to be. Um, like, I want you to go different. After seeing that second one and how awkward two people that were actually dating seemed on screen, I'm like, I want no more of this. No more of this. I don't want his Spider-Man. I'm glad her Gwen is dead. I want all this to stop. Um, so when they came out with Tom Holland, everyone was just shitting on Tom Holland. And I'm like, as an ultimate Spider-Man fan from the ultimate comics, I'm like, he looks just like young Peter Parker. Oh my God. Like you nailed it. So, um, I've experienced this before and we now see so many people saying do into the Spider-Verse have, um, uh, whatever the, uh, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man and Andrew. Tobey Maguire. I'm like, Oh, that's a whole other issue on its own. I see people who are like, I see people who are like, oh, just bring Toby back. I'm like, yes, they're going to just bring Toby back. They're going to remove Tom Holland and put in Toby and we're all not going to notice that. Like, come on. I I just can't. I can't. First of all, go ahead, Dom. No, and I think people forget that these actors are, uh, especially someone like Ben Affleck are pretty stand-up individuals. So they're not going to just come and like snake somebody's job after they just congratulated them not that long ago about the role. Yeah. Like no matter the money, I think he's a person of character that's not going to be like, well, sorry, bro, they won't be back. Like, no, he's not that kind of guy because he's not hurting for work. He literally makes his own work when he wants to. So he's not worried about that. So yeah, he would never just come back and just completely move Robert to the side. That's not the kind of person that he is. And I, I saw a lot of people say, oh, go ahead, T. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, really quick. And you know, Ben Affleck already, like months ago, shot it down that he would ever come back as Batman. And listen, disclaimer, in no way am I saying that being Batman caused him to have the issues that he did. But I think that there was one issue where one interview where he even said that whoever he was talking to said to him, you know, if you direct a Batman movie or something, you're going to drink yourself to death. You know, I'm just saying that this seemed to be a time where he was going through a lot 
and it seemed like a lot of pressure and it is look at we are vicious fans and there are much more vicious fans out there you know and if you're someone who has a substance abuse problem and you're triggered by stress or something this is literally like the worst you know environment that you want to put yourself in you know and that's in no way me talking shit about Ben Affleck I'm so happy that he got his sobriety and he's looking better now he's feeling better he's dating freaking Anna de Armas you know congratulations to him um but it's like why would you want to push for a man to put him or a person to put themselves in a position where they were feeling so much stress that they were turning to you know alcohol and shit I I will say to you Batman isn't what I think stressed him. I think it's like, like picture if, picture if every day you go to work, it's stressful, right? But if you come home and your home life is amazing, it balances itself out. I think his problem was home life and work life were stressful. And it was just like, I can't quit home life. So I'm going to quit work life (laughs) so I can get this stuff straightened out. Yeah. Um, So I think now that he's doing Yeah, and that's what I mean, that, Go ahead. And that's what I mean. In no way am I saying that, like, again, being Batman was the cause of all of that. I just think that, you know, again, he, he probably was just wanting to move on with anything. Once you overcome such a hurdle like he did, you want to move on from pretty much everything. Yeah. And look, no one's had a better come up than him. Because I remember saying, geez, man, how'd you ruin it with, like, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Garner? And then Ben was like, oh, wait till you see what I have coming next. And then Anna pops up and I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Man. I, get oh it. My God. I get it. I do the same thing. I get it. I, no um, but huge shouts out to my dad, uh, Ben Affleck. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Um, I'm just, we're happy Henry Cavill's back. That's the moral of that story. Uh, we can't wait to see what he does next. Um, in both his acting career outside of DC and his acting career in DC. We can't wait to see what he does next. But all right, so we got some more news. Apple is teaming with Paramount on a Scorsese, De Niro, DiCaprio drama called Killers of the Flower Moon. You sold me when you said Scorsese, and then you sold me again with DiCaprio, and then you sold me again with DiCaprio. <laughs> um, Paramount will release the film theatrically, uh, theatrically uh, and then it will be released exclusively on Apple TV. That is a reason to have Apple TV, mainly because depending on when this movie comes out, there may be no more theaters. Um, but um, I like this. And um, I'll say this, Ben. You're going to have a lot more big-name directors doing this because they're going to see what Netflix gave Scorsese to make The Irishman, and they're going to go, wait a minute. If they would give Scorsese like $500 million, I'm exaggerating, but like a crap ton of money to do that, what would they give me? And it's like, if you're not like a C-list director, if you're like an A or B-list director, Netflix will shell out some money for you. And it looks like Apple is doing the same thing, uh, teaming up with Paramount. So I can't wait to hear financially uh, what they're giving Scorsese to work with money-wise. Um, but you, you assume it has to be a lot because Caprio and De Niro are in it. That's not cheap. To get one of them is your budget. Two of them? Yeah, you're paying a lot of money. Um, so Tia, I'll start with you. How excited are you to see um, 
De Niro, DiCaprio, and I want to say De Scorsese, but he doesn't have a, a, a D in front of his name. Um, how excited are you to see this trio team up? Yeah, no, I think that it is, it's great. Um, I like that Scorsese isn't turning his nose up at doing, you know, kind of these like uh, streaming service movies, you know, he teamed up with Netflix, not teaming up with Apple, you know, kind of, you know, not doing a Steven Spielberg, if you will. Um, and I Listen, we, we praised Leonardo DiCaprio, so him teaming up with a phenomenal director like Martin Scorsese is just going to be a good thing. So I'm interested in seeing what they do. Um, it's amazing that Scorsese is, like, still working. It's like, he's like, yeah, 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 the Irishman, you know, I worked on that last year. Let's get moving. We're going to go on the next project. And that's just, like, really cool to me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they got for us. Yeah, and what's going to be crazy is the more directors do this, it'll be so, so pleasing to see how backwards yeah. the Academy bends to allow these movies to come in because you can't deny yeah. when Scorsese comes and tells you, hey, you better nominate my shit. Um, <laughs> you know, like, so it'll just be so entertaining to see the Oscars go from, oh, no, we don't take those seriously, too. Best picture goes to Netflix for blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, I just, I can't wait to see how angry they are uh, that the whole idea of cinema has changed. Um, I mean, because let's be honest, some people will, right? But majority of people will see this on Apple Plus or, or Apple whatever it's called. Um, rather than actually going to the theater to see it. I could have never dreamt about watching three and a half hours of The Irishman in a theater. Never could have happened, ever. I did. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Oh, hell it was, no. That, it was, a, it was, that was my screening was, uh, it was at a theater. Oh, no. God bless wow. you. Man. God bless you. An hour in of a movie that's nothing but dialogue, I would have said, nope, money back. <laughs> Nope. You, so you didn't pay any money. Well, you got to pay me for sitting through that shit. <laughs> I, I can't stay here. Uh, I kept pausing that. I kept pausing that movie like every 40 minutes. I was like, oh, God, there's more. There's that, more. Movie, that movie was so long. Netflix came out with a way for you to uh, a stopping point and a starting point. <laughs> um, so you didn't have to watch it straight through. Netflix even was like, God damn, Jesus, you help Are you still me. watching? <laughs> like, like every five minutes, Netflix is like, are you still watching? It's like, yeah, I just started it. Netflix is like, I'm just help, trying to help you out. It's three hours. Um, so, no, that's hilarious. Um, three and a half. <laughs> yeah, no, that movie is long as shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. So, I just, I can't wait to see how this changes um the landscape of the Oscars. I also wanted to float this by you guys before I ask you your opinion, Dom, on, on this movie. Um, A24, I think, should have its own its own streaming service. For sure. Um, to where all of its... 100%. Movies, where all of its movies comes out in one place, only because A24, albeit puts out bangers, it feels like once it releases, it disappears. Mm -hmm. And, like, you have to search for it to find it. Um, and even when you find it, you sometimes don't even know that it's from A24. So I think A24 should have its own. I just freaking. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry to interrupt. I just watched Uncut Gems for the first time because it got on Netflix. The fact that Adam Sandler didn't get freaking nominated for that boggles my mind. The end of the end of that movie. What I was sitting there and I was like, this is this is a travesty. So yes, one hundred percent, John. One hundred percent. Yeah, I I think the two the two biggest movie studio or, or the two biggest upcoming movie studio companies that should have their own streaming service to where they're creating both shows and movies is Blumhouse and A24. Blumhouse Mm -hmm. because picture Blumhouse around the month of October where it's releasing scary um, shows and movies. It will sell out just in a month, not the whole calendar year. In one month, Blumhouse will, will overtake everybody just over the course of that month. Um, and I think yeah. A24 has an amazing talent of creating both dramas and comedies um, that it easily could do a TV show um, that premieres strictly to their streaming service. Um, we know studios, we know conglomerates, not necessarily studios, don't really do it because it's huge funding behind it. But I would love to see A24 and Blumhouse team with somebody and oh, release so their cool. own streaming services because they're too they're too big of a small studio to keep being ignored and you both have said this numerous times we all three of us have talked about this literally uh too often a a24 and blumhouse are legit the cream of the crop right now um they are putting out some of the best content to come out um albeit this year it's canceled so far of movies um the invisible man was phenomenal I mean, phenomenal. Um, head to toe, that was such a good movie. Um, so I'm like, I just want to see Jason Blum do more. Um, me and Kanan are the rare breeds that love, love, love Happy, uh, what was it, Happy Death Day, um, one and two. Like, we love it. We stand it. Anyone that hates it will fist fight him. Um, so we're like, there's, just, there's been nothing that Jason Blum has done that we're kind of just like, nah, that's not really that good. Um, so to me, I'd love them to continue it. Uh, Dom, I'd even love them if, uh, Jason, um, produced the next Freddy and Jason movies. I would love right. that. And that's, and the crazy thing is like when people, I, you know, of course, everybody on, uh, I see it more on Facebook. People do the whole, I don't know what to watch. And I literally tell everybody just search A24 Blumhouse. You'll find something. Because they have so many hidden gems that you weren't, you didn't know, like you said, there were A24. You're like, oh, that was, oh, all right, yeah, I guess I'll watch it. And that's that's usually what I go to. Um, I just go on, uh, lately it's been Netflix and um, Prime. I just go type in A24 and then watch the movies that I haven't seen yet or watch, you know, Hereditary again. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm completely with you, man. They they are they're cream of the crowd and they don't get enough respect. Um, and here's to hoping that, you know, people like the three of us can help kind of spread that word more to where it's it's more nationally recognized, not just within film uh filmmakers and film fans. It's just it's it's as recognizable as saying HBO. That's what I want A A24 in, in Blumhouse to be. That it's that recognizable. That you could say A24 and someone would go, oh, oh, you mean the people that made Hidden Gems? Yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Like, it needs to be like that. But, um, all right. Uh, oh, 
Sorry, Dom. I almost did it. I didn't. I caught myself. Um, your thoughts on this De Niro, DiCaprio, and the Scorsese movie? Um, like, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know right now uh, that, like, Apple TV was doing, like, the Apple TV Plus was doing, like, the free thing. If they didn't have that, I'd be like, I have to do some kind of trial or something to watch this movie. Um, because you say those three names together, and you know, I already called uh, Scorsese, um, Pesci, and like De Niro, like the holy trinity of gangster movies. And now you add DiCaprio on there, and it's like, holy shit, I gotta watch this. And like anything Robert De Niro, um, like literally, and this is, I don't think I ever really said this out loud, my demeanor growing up was based on Robert De Niro. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be I like, that. I didn't want to laugh. I, I didn't want to laugh at you because, like, I was like, nah, I'm, you can't make me laugh. I'm trying to be like feared from afar just off of like a look. Like, that my whole demeanor growing up was like, I'm De Niro. <laughs> like, um, so anything he does, I have to watch. And especially uh, his, as he's getting older, he's only getting better. And knowing the kind of person he is outside of like the acting just makes you want to watch his movies that much more. Yeah, no, I mean, Dom, I wish I was cool enough to try to pull off <laughs> being like, um, being like uh, Robert De Niro. I was nowhere near cool enough. I definitely fell more in that Joe Pesci realm than I uh <laughs> That I did Robert De Niro. And I mean that not in a tough guy sense, in a more funny short guy sense. Um, so, but uh, no, that that that's super dope. But yeah, they are the holy trinity of it. And to me, I haven't seen Leonardo DiCaprio in enough mobster movies. It needs to be more. Um, that's why I said, right. when they said they wanted to do re, uh, redo Scarface, I said, honestly, Leonardo DiCaprio could redo Scarface or Godfather, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against it. I would say, yeah, no, Leo could do it. You telling me Leo as a young Don Corleone? Man, look, <laughs> hey, look, look, look. I don't often sign off on remakes of classics, but that? Right. <laughs> tell me Scorsese and Leo are doing a story about young Don Corleone? Take it in a heartbeat. Take it in a heartbeat. Um, and before it comes out, I would easily say it's better than the first two. <laughs> Even arrived. Uh, all right. Let's move Jaw, on. <laughs> yeah, look, you say that, but when that trailer hits, you'd be like, yeah, yeah. I would say that Leonardo DiCaprio can redo the 1930s version of Scarface where it was during the Prohibition era. I would watch that. Because uh, people may, people may, may not remember that or realize that Al Pacino's Scarface is in fact a remake. Right, right. Um, I wouldn't really want Leo to do Scarface only because we already had someone who wasn't Cuban, uh, disgraced Cuban <laughs> name, uh, in the Cuban. No, 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 no. But that's what I'm saying. No, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying. In the 1930s, the 1930s version, that that Tony was Italian. And it was during the Prohibition era during when 
alcohol was illegal. So if you wanted to do something like that, he's, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. So you could have him play like an Italian. No, no, no. I'm not saying, oh God, like in today's climate, no. (laughs) I would never suggest that. The world would burn, Thea. (laughs) The only person. The only person who gets away with that is Al Pacino. <laughs> right. <laughs> the <Yeah>. Only person. <laughs> yeah, he almost uh, ruined. The, he almost yeah. ruined the friendship for me. I started talking to a friend who is um, who is Cuban, and he's like, "Why are you talking like that?" I'm like, "Scarface." He's like, "No one sounds like that, man. Literally, no, <laughs> one. no one ever." I was like, "Ah, oh, damn you, Al Pacino." Um, but no, yeah. I would definitely, I would sign up for Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> as a young Don Corleone, uh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Tia, young Don Corleone, give it to us. All right, let's move on. We got a few more things so we can wrap this episode up. <laughs> I want to talk Tenet trailer. Uh, the brand new trailer for Tenet has dropped. Uh, brand new is being very nice because it was a almost shot for shot of the first trailer, which is like three seconds of like, hey, this is new. And you're like, oh, oh, uh, okay, all right, okay. Um, I was very disappointed in this trailer. This was kind of like, Hey, we released. We were going to release a new trailer, but then we found out we can't release the movie in July. So it's kind of just like, here's something. Um, like it was. It. I did not. I did not. It was a. It was the first trailer all over again. I'm like, why do I keep seeing the same shit again? What. What is this? Am I in a loop here? Um. So that really frustrated me a lot because I thought it was very lazy. Um. But T, I'll start with you. How did you feel about this brand new Tenet trailer? So I'm going to be honest, I actually didn't watch it. Um, I just don't think I got the time to do it. And also, I don't really need to see a new Tenant trailer because it's a Christopher Nolan movie. I know that I'm going to be confused anyway. I want to wait till I actually see it. So I, you know, I, I, I didn't watch it. I'm sorry, John. I will make this joke. Someone said... Um... <laughs> Someone said Christopher Nolan is slowly trying to assemble the Infinity Gauntlet. Inception was Mind Stone. Interstellar was Space Stone. And now this is the Time Stone. And when I heard that, I was like, shit. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, he is assembling the Infinity Infinity Gauntlet. Um, So I thought that was kind of funny. But I will say to you, this is the one time where it's like, it's completely fine that you missed it. If you saw the first one, you get the gist. Um, Dom, uh, what were your thoughts on this quote-unquote new Tenant trailer? Uh, it's funny that you said Avengers because I compared it to Endgame with that extra scene that you didn't really need <laughs> with like the unfinished Hulk. Right. That's what this uh, that's what the trailer felt like. It was like, oh yeah, here it is again. You'll like to just watch it because, like, yeah, it's the same thing. You gave me a little more dialogue that, like, only explained what we already kind of thought it was time is this and this goes that way, that is this way. It was like we kind of figured that out by things going in reverse. So, what was the point? Yeah, they're grasping at straws, I guess, at this point with the should we release, should we not release? And I feel like since they said they were going to release one, they were just like. (laughs) <laughs> add three seconds here you go yeah no pretty much it, the trailer to me seemed like it was to remind people like hey we made this movie called Tenet and it was like no one forgot we're just waiting so we can actually see it, like, it no one forgot uh, but, uh, 
<laughs> All right, let's move on. I got just a few more topics. Uh, hey, I got one for you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say this last week, but I forgot. Your favorite director is coming out with the movie, Michael Bay. <laughs> He's working on a movie. He's working on a movie no. called Songbird, and it's a coronavirus pandemic movie. And they start shooting in four weeks. And my thing is. Is it too like too soon for this? Like, why would you make this right in the middle of the pandemic and release? It's probably gonna release right after it stops being a thing. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what's the point? He's hoping to go really method <laughs> so that all their actors can actually catch COVID. <laughs> it's so crazy. I don't. It makes no sense that that's a thing. <laughs> and who are the actors that signed on to be like, I'm just gonna risk it. Yeah. Throw my whole okay. career away. <laughs> right. Uh, Juwan can't even talk. He looks so stressed out right now. Can you imagine shooting a pandemic movie and then catching what that pandemic is while you're shooting it? Like <laughs> In the middle of... Oh, it's it's Michael Bay Inception. You you make a pandemic movie in the middle of a pandemic and then the actors get the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Someone crazy is going to sign up for this. Tom Tom Cruise is signing up for this shit right now. I have no words. If you guys are done, I just want to skip this topic. I don't want to show more light. I just thought I thought you'd enjoy that. You know. No, you ruined my night. No, but seriously, it, it's, 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 yeah, I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. No, I tried to. <laughs> I can't. Uh, <laughs> I have to just move on. But I will say, um, I don't think it's too soon only because, and again, this is hindsight. So it sounds like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. But remember, 2012 came out before we all thought we were going to die by the Mayan calendar. Uh, <laughs> albeit, albeit. Everyone's like, that was stupid. A lot of us were like, yo, we graduate in 2012. <laughs> like, are we going to die before we graduate? Like, it was terrifying for us. And I remember me and my, me and my cousin, we were in the living room. He was praying. Like, because it, it was, you know, they were doing the, the countdown clock on the news. He was praying. And I'm like, I, I don't think it works that way. I, I, I think God's going to kind of like look at your whole life. But I mean, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Um, but I remember, I remember the only thing that calmed us down from thinking we were going to die was as the news was counting down, someone, some, someone in the house said it and like a light bulb went off in our head. Someone was like, you guys do know it's the next day in some part of the world. Right. And we were like, there you go. There you go. We were like, oh my God, that's right. And they're not dead. <laughs> We're like, this isn't real. It's not real. Wait, we just started to, to get super excited. Go ahead. I have really quick story on that, right? So really quick, my boyfriend had a friend who really believed in that 2012 like prophecy, like really legitimately believed. And to me, I'm like, 
no, you know, like, so no. But he kept talking, and I was like, what if I'm wrong? I'm like, I'm only 22 <laughs> years old. There's so much I haven't done in life. And I was sitting there, and I was like, what if I'm, like, going this whole time, but it actually happens? Like, there was that small part right here. That was <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, like, I didn't take it as seriously as, like, that midnight me was like all all throughout the year. I'm like, whatever, whatever. I saw the movie. I'm like, this isn't gonna happen. And then like everyone on Twitter was like saying goodbye, and it was just like, <laughs> oh my god, could I die? Like, is this gonna happen? And like, I just started freaking out in a way I've never freaked out before in my life. And I was like. I'm so like I just graduated. This is crazy. <laughs> and like once the timer went off and once someone said like it's the next day in some part of the world like it it's fake. I was just kind of like oh my god. Like I got to do so many things because like the end could just happen tomorrow. Like, it freaked me out for like 3 months straight. Um but yeah, that was a dark time, man. Like everyone on Twitter uh, that was around that age of like 17, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 was like, oh my God, I didn't live life. And all the old people were just like, ha ha. <laughs> it was like, you old people suck. Um, and then when you see like nothing happened, it was, it was like Y2K. It was, it was, that was our Y2K. And it was just like, oh my God, that's crazy. And what's crazy about that is Tia, we lived through Y2K. 2012 and now this pandemic whenever we all have kids we're going to tell them they could lose both arms and legs and we would tell them you still haven't gone through anything in life (laughs) we had to live through all that um so like you look at it you're kind of just like cheese man i don't think any other era in time has had to live through as much scary stuff as we did to where it's just like now you would say you would say too? World War II, the ho- the Holocaust. I mean, I'm not trying oh. to be serious here, but you know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm never, I'm never going to sit here and say I have it worse. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Although and, you are. And shame on me, because like slavery, exists, you, are, you know, I'm kind of like, no, we've had it worse. We've had some hoaxes. Uh, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm <laughs> on that social, social media definitely uh, kicked our ass youngins there. No, no, right? You're right. Like, uh, in the future, it'd be like, Y2K, 9-11, uh, 2012, freaking coronavirus, Donald Trump. Oh, sorry. I'm <laughs> like, we, we lived through some stuff, right? We lived through some stuff. And we did go through a, um, a recession. It was a brief one, but we went through one. Yes. So we're like, come on, man. We can affect it on all facets. Um, so it'll just, it'll be interesting. Oh my God. It'll the, be interesting. The, rece- the recession was a crazy time. I had a friend who, like, every t- every time, he, he, he used that to his advantage. If we went out to eat, he'd be like, all right, we got to split the tip. We're in a recession. It's like, yeah. right, you can't <laughs> use that. It's been, like, five years. <laughs> No, I definitely had a friend who who got uber dramatic. He was like, "I'm gonna have to start selling drugs." I'm like, "I don't think it's that bad," and I I, I don't think it's that bad. I, I think you'll be okay. He's like, "No, I gotta start selling drugs." Like, no, no, no. Like, I'm gonna have to start selling drugs like now. And I'm like, "All right, I don't think it's that bad yet, but okay, if you, you think so." Um, but all right, let's move on to our last topics. 
thank you, Dom, for bringing that up because that was that, that, that sparked a hilarious conversation. Uh, but it also reminded me on why I hate Michael Bay. Um, but all right, we got our last two topics. Our last two topics are Doug Lyman is set to direct Tom Cruise in an outer space shot movie collaboration with Elon Musk and NASA. Um, all this tells me is every two years, Tom Cruise tries to tell us um, that he wants to die and we just don't really listen. Um, but Tom Cruise every two years is like, I got a kid in all, how can I die? And it's like, I jumped out of a plane with barely any protection. I've gotten hurt on set. I'm going to shoot something in outer space. That should do it. That should that should put me right in the grave, right where I need to be. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I mean, I get, like, honestly, I never saw Gravity. I never thought the hype of Gravity really was a thing. Um, so, like, space movies, Armageddon, the space movies really do nothing for me. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy really was the first space movie. I was like, oh, the space thing. Um, that between that and star wars i was like oh yeah okay um but no in in all seriousness i'm not really interested in this um unless tom cruise is fighting zombies in space with a samurai sword i i I really don't um yeah i'll go to you what are your thoughts on this doug lyman uh directed space movie with tom cruise elon musk and nasa it's just, it's like, as you said, Tom Cruise is like, how can I one-up myself? Like, you know, he's already doing pretty much all of his stunts, all of this. It's like, let's just do this level of crazy. And it doesn't, you know, surprise me that it comes also from Elon Musk. I mean, not trying to take away that that person is way smarter than I could ever achieve. But the man did, like, name his kid after a line of code or something like that. So it doesn't surprise me, any of it. Um, It's just like... Is it even going to happen? Like, that's my thing. It's like, it's so... Like, first of all, how possible is it to even do something like this, right? The... And then how much money is that actually going to cost? Like, do you know how much money it costs to go to space? It's not free, you know, every time they send something out there, it's like, and you're going to do that to shoot a freaking movie. It's it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's one of those things that I think is an idea, and they're going to get all excited, and people are going to talk about it, but who knows how freaking real... It's like the have you guys heard of the urban myth of like the movie that's going to be released in a hundred years and hasn't been like seen by anyone or anything like that? It's like this urban myth movie. It's like to me, this movie is an urban myth. We're gonna talk <laughs> about it and all of a sudden it's not gonna happen. <laughs> well, I could definitely see Tom Cruise correcting us in like a few months to where we're like, Hey Tom, tell us more about this movie you're shooting in space. And you're like, in space? Oh, you guys thought I meant in space? No, it's about space. I don't know how you guys got that mixed up, but no, it's not in space. It's like, Tom, no one thought you were going to space to shoot that movie. Like, we're not, we're not idiots. Um, but no, um, when I first heard of this, I was just kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, like, no one's looking forward to this. No one asks for this. No one wants to see how it pans out. It's like watching when someone's like, hey, I'm going to walk the tightrope on ABC in front of millions of people. It's like, who do you think wants to watch this? Like, I don't want to watch it where you might die. You know, <laughs> like, who, who wants who wants to sit through that? 
Now, albeit every time something like that happens, I'm like, one of these days someone has the fall. <laughs> like that's why I don't watch it because I'm like I feel like I'm terrible. I feel like I'm the bad luck, so I'm like I'm not gonna watch these. But no, mathematically you do go. There's been like thirty of these through history. At some point, someone has to be like the one that's like I fell. <laughs> like like I'm falling. Like I'm falling to my death. Damn, I probably shouldn't have done this. Um, but no, I'm I'm not looking forward to this project whatsoever. It sounds stupid. It probably will be stupid. And like you said, Tim, <laughs> who the hell's footing this bill? All right. I, I paid taxes enough to go to these roads that are still bumpy. My money better not be going to Tom Cruise and make this damn movie with NASA. Um, I'll be mad as hell. Fix my roads, New Jersey. Fix my roads. Um, <laughs> fix my roads. <laughs> fix my roads. Um, but Dom, what, what are your thoughts, man? <laughs> You see this actually? Well, I think that today uh, NASA and SpaceX were supposed to have a launch, but it got postponed because of bad weather. Mm-hmm. So I think that that launch was going to be some testing to see, like, filming-wise, what can and can't be um, done. Because, I mean, uh, I think Elon sent, like, his car to outer space before. Uh, that dude, like, so I know, like, this this launch was, yeah, we want to test his rocket, but I'm pretty sure there were some other, like, side projects going on. Um, so if there is a movie that he shoots in outer space, it'll definitely be, like, they say movie. It'll be a short, probably, of just his experience going into outer space and whatnot, because I know, you know, was it Mars One a couple years ago was trying to get people to sign up to uh, be the first ones to help colonize Mars. So somebody like Tom Cruise is, you know, crazy enough to want to do that thing. Even And I'm sure he knows it's going to go well, but um, he probably thinks his Scientology will save him. So, um, I mean, it has so far. You see how young he right. is. Um, but no, I can definitely see it happening because Elon, uh, I, he really does think that he's Tony Stark. And, um, I mean, he was selling flamethrowers for a minute. Who sells flamethrowers? Um, so, yeah, I can see happening when I watch it. I mean, honestly, I probably would. I mean, oh, I'll take that back. If Neil deGrasse Tyson sees it before I do, and he says, hey, this is great, I'm be like, I trust Neil. I trust him. Man, if Neil could have been paid off, Dom. Don't do that. Neil could have been paid off. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they know that's that's how to get us dumb. They know if Neil, <laughs> Neil says go, we'll go. So they're right. like, Neil, here's three hundred thousand dollars. You get Dom and Juwan and Tia to go. <laughs> but it's like, but if Neil, I love Neil goes. If, if like Neil deGrasse Tyson and like Bill Nye sat down and actually like roasted the movie, then I kind of want to see it more. Actually, like, I don't no, know. Like, I I'll say this again. I'll play off of your idea. I would I would like a direct uh, a um a shot for shot breakdown. Shot. <laughs> yeah, no, a shot for shot breakdown by um Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's I'd like that movie to be what's released and I watch that. So like yeah. we're watching them watch it and talk about it. I'd watch that way before I'd actually watch yeah. the theatrical release. I'd sit in the theater for three hours and watch that and never get tired. I'm just like, I, I listened to <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast one day for eight hours. Like, just it's episode after episode of physics and 
moons, black holes, dark matters. But yeah, if he did something like that, definitely watch it. Yeah, last time I listened to Neil deGrasse Tyson, I started to question everything. So I was like, No, for real. I don't think he's healthy for me. <laughs> I don't think he's healthy for me. My brain goes to different places. All right, let's get to our last topic so we can get you guys uh, get you guys out of here. All right, Warner Media's Kevin Riley says Justice League Dark was all J.J. Abrams' idea. Bullshit. Yes, he's always loved it. He always felt that there was a lot of opportunity there in an unspoiled territory and kind of a pawn that he could play in exclusively. Uh, I'm just joking about that BS. That's awesome to hear. Um, as much as I wanted J.J. Abrams, first of all, let me just say this. I'm glad I'm not ahead of a studio. I have so many movies that I want J.J. Abrams to do. I wanted J.J. Abrams to do a Gundam movie. <laughs> I wanted J.J. Abrams to do a big O movie. Um, like, I, there's just so many movies. I wanted him to do Green Lantern, Superman. Um, I, it's not fair the amount of stuff I come up with that I put J.J. Abrams at the forefront of. Um, but this is great news. Um, I've been a fan of Justice League Dark for as long as I've been a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and yes, I was a fan of the Guardians before it was cool to be a fan of the Guardians. Um, look it up. Star-Lord, Kitty Pride, Star-Lord fighting Thanos on the moon. Look that up. Um, but no, I'm really excited about this. The characters of Justice League Dark, Etrigan, um, Constantine, Swamp Thing, uh, Zatanna. Um, I can never think of that guy's name that puts on the helmet. I don't know why. He's not part of Justice League Dark necessarily, but um, damn it, I wish. You talking about Dr. Fate? Boom, Dom, Dr. Fate. Uh, I can never think of his <laughs> name. You know, it always, when I think Dr., I go Doom. No, I always go Doom. Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom. Um, but anyway, this is great. I'm really glad J.J. Abrams is shedding a light on characters in the DC universe that rarely get a light shined on them. John Constantine is more so modern uh, now, more than he ever was before. Um, but uh, I'm really excited. Etrigan is my favorite DC character. Oh, well, he makes my top five. He's, he wouldn't be after Batman. After Batman would be The Question, then Rorschach, then... Anyway, sorry, that doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, I just went down a, a hole. Um, I'm just really excited to see these characters. Um, I really wish that this whole epidemic wasn't going on so they could start shooting it now. Um, I will say this. I did wish that J.J. Abrams built a universe of Justice League Dark to where everyone got their own show. Um, and then they came together for like a Justice League Avengers type event, um, kind of like what the CW does to where it's each show and then a crossover. Um, that to me just kind of seems a lot better because everyone gets to get fleshed out. So we see a full Swamp Thing, a full Constantine, a full Etrigan. So we understand the characters better rather than, oh, they're a group now. It's like, I kind of wanted to know them individually before I know them as a team. Um, but Tia, what are your thoughts on uh, this being a project that J.J. Abrams was actually really pretty uh, excited about? So quick question, because I don't know a whole lot about this project. Mm -hmm. Is this meant to be a animated or a live action? No, it would actually be live action for HBO Max. Okay, okay. I mean, I like J.J. Abrams, so anything really that he does, I have no complaints about. And as you said, I like when these studios shed light on characters that we don't really know. 
I mean, that has pretty much been my whole entire Marvel experience. I knew pretty much none of those characters, and I hold many of them near and dear to my heart now. So if he can come out with a movie, and I think that he's a very talented actor, he knows what he's doing, he's helmed big uh, franchises before, so why not? Um, so I'm excited. Again, I don't know any of those characters. Uh, I, I know what you and Dom are talking about with Dr. Fate because I've seen this picture on the, the internet circulating around, but I don't really know any of these characters. But again, if J.J. Abrams is behind it, then I'm going to watch it. Yeah, and it, it's funny you say that, Tia, with uh, you not knowing those Marvel characters, but like them kind of being essential now. It's funny you say that because me and Joelle were saying Saturday that it's like it's it's like a Twilight Zone that we're in a world where Iron Man, Cap, and Thor are more well-known than Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Um, to where 20 years from now, kids will be like, yo, Iron Man, Cap, and Thor. And they'll be like, what about Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman? Eh, what? <laughs> what? What did you just say to me? Like, you gotta respect the, the original uh, Trinity. Um, so it's just, it, it's, Times have changed. Times have changed. And that's why we're like, we can't afford to have the DC fandom split because our goal is to get DC as talked about as Marvel um, in the movie world. Um, and it's hard to do when your fandom is constantly doing this. And it's like, no, no, no. You do know we're supposed to be doing this, right? That's how we get more of these good movies. Um, so it's, just, it, it's funny you said that because it's, it's a reality me and Joel still refuse to to acknowledge, but it is a reality nonetheless. Uh, but Dom, how do you feel about, oh, before I go to you, Dom, Tia, I would say watch Flashpoint and the movie Justice League Dark, mm -hmm. um, and let that be your introductions okay. to the characters. Um, I say Flashpoint because Etrigan is in Flashpoint, and I think you might think he's cool, um, but then Justice League Dark is the, int is the introduction to those characters. Um, and I think you might like it. Also, watching Constantine the show and Swamp Thing the show. I think you would definitely enjoy both of those. Constantine is not the one that got canceled, but they keep bringing the guy back for Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I heard really good things about Swamp Thing before it got canceled, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks a lot. It was a really, really, really good show. Not the ending me and Joel wanted, but it was a great show. Um, so I would definitely suggest those. Let that be your uh, your entrance into the world of Justice League Dark. Um, and I think you would really enjoy them, Tia. I, I really do, especially Swamp Thing. Um, but all right, Dom, what are your thoughts on J.J. Abrams' excitement to be doing Justice League Dark? <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat with Tia. Is that I, I know I know the characters are. I don't know all their story arcs, so... It will be interesting to see them all in, uh, in full. Um, and the fact that it's going to be on uh, with HBO Max is even better because we saw how great the, um, the Marvel movies did on Netflix. We've seen the boys with Amazon. So we see that when they're able to play by the rules of like premium channels instead of being on like the gloss of the CW or, um, you know, on ABC, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started today, last season. Um, but, yeah, I um, I mean, so I remember watching the Swamp Thing movie 
when I was a kid and it came out like 82 and I remember seeing it probably like in the early 90s probably um and that that character even though I didn't see him pop up anywhere usually that character always stuck out Constantine after you saw who was it Keanu played him uh, yep. uh, once you heard that he's he, that, that character stuck so just like with Guardians I do think that this opens the door for a whole new range of characters that people are going to love that are able to kind of see them grow more because of a series so you might end up being more popular than you know the the DCEU characters that we know now so um yeah it, the, for him to be able to do that is going to be I'm going to say it's going to be really cool to see um especially I've always liked not just the way um Dr. Fate looks but his whole presence and the kind of the helmet on helmet off and the helmet doing what it wants to do because it's really this old spirit like so i've seen all that played out along with constantine added on to that it's gonna be real cool looking so yeah i'm excited yeah uh i, I would definitely tell you guys look up as much as you can about uh this team it's a really 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 funny and interesting team um that just never disappoints it is a darker version of the guardians but obviously not in space um so it, it will have the impact that guardians of the galaxy did to where it's taking characters that maybe a 10 percent of the world know about uh making it everyone knows about them and everyone's now curious to see more about them um yeah. so, i mean i'm just i'm glad we're at this at this point in time and i'm glad jj abrams is really uh passionate about it because if not for J.J. Abrams, I can tell you this. I never care about Star Trek. Um, so, I mean. He did a great you know, job with us. Yes, he did. Um, the last one? No. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll agree with you there. But, <laughs> you know, he, he has a way of really kind of putting his touch in projects. So, you know, hell, I'm excited for it. Yeah, J.J. Abrams is starting to show me maybe longevity isn't his thing in movie making. Uh, there's something about how he ends his franchises that it's kind of like, mm, no, not really, JJ. Um, but no, uh, Tia, Dom, I want to thank you guys. I want to let you guys go uh, before it gets too late. Uh, this is a fun episode. I think we should structure these more to be kind of like conversational. Um, it was just so free-flowing. Like, none of these were topics that I had written down. I had to write them as we were going, so uh, I didn't forget what we talked about. But um, I enjoyed this a lot, like a lot. Um, so hopefully we could do more of this. Uh, Dom, hopefully I see you tomorrow night for, um, great debates. Uh, I think my dad, I, my dad was supposed to join last week, but he didn't. I think he's going to join this week. Um, and you saw the set list of topics, so it's pretty fun stuff to talk about this week. Um, and Tia, uh, when we all do game night, I think this week, I don't even know if we're going to do it this week. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll figure that out. Um, but we definitely had to get back to doing something, uh, cause we've, I think it's been a few weeks since we've done it. Um, so we gotta figure something out, but. Well, this week, uh, Friday, Defending Jacob concludes. So we'll definitely at some point have a review show going on. Cause you yeah. watched the, you know, the show as well. So, yeah. Yes, I do. My aunt, my aunt came to me and was like, "Oh, I read the book. I know how it." And I was like, "You say, say nothing." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "You say nothing. I'm so close." Yeah. Say nothing. 
Um, but uh, no, it is. I, 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 I looked up on Wikipedia and and spoiled it for myself. So, but I won't spoil no. it for you. Why, Tia? Why? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I am. I am. I I held off from knowing anything. I I want to see what uh Friday's episode brings us. I can't wait to get to Friday. I want to rush right through Thursday, get that finale. Um, so me and Tia can set a date and we can review it. Uh, cause there's just so much to go over that show. Doesn't, uh, doesn't Space Force start on Friday? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I've heard very mixed, mixed thoughts about that show. Um, so I'm nervous. I, I told you guys I wasn't blown away by the trailer. Um, it just didn't seem that funny to me. So I'm like, yikes. Hearing that some people that I respect were like swinging the miss. I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, okay. No. All right. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely can't wait to review Defending Jacob. It's going to be so much fun. Chris Evans is a gym, and so we do good. not appreciate him enough. Um, so everyone definitely go out, support anything that Chris Evans is doing. Uh, just seems like a great dude. Like, he seems too great. Like, if a story came out that Chris Evans murdered someone, I'd be like, I believe it. He is too perfect. I believe it. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, uh, definitely make sure if you're unfamiliar with Chris Evans outside of Marvel, Snowpiercer, Push. Uh, what was the older movie, Tia, that you always tell me about that Chris Evans did? Puncture. Puncture. Uh, Puncture. I love that movie. Great movie. Jacob, um, Knives Out. Chris Evans just has a, an extensive body of work that is just so good. Um, yeah, I just watched Snowpiercer for the first time like two weeks ago. And it was a lot better than really? I thought. I was like, sheesh. And I was really, the movie made me really mad because of the, the subject matter towards the end. I was getting pissed off how he was calmly talking about, like, you got to have these little people because this is their place in life. And I was like, square up, please. <laughs> Dom, I'll tell you that um, Snowpiercer was a Bong Joon-ho uh, movie yeah. who's the same guy who did Parasite. All of, and I've watched a ton of his movies. All of them have that underlying, like, yeah. uh, you know, social, social sort of commentary. Yeah, exactly. So, and I agree. Yeah, I was like, God damn you, Ed Harris, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> um, so make sure you guys uh, go check out Defending Jacob if you have not to catch yourselves up. Uh, so you're all caught up when me and Tia review it. Um, and the three of us have to review something. I think the last thing we did was that superpowered show. Uh, on Netflix. Uh, I'm not okay with this. Uh, I think that was the last thing the three oh, of us yeah. together to, to break down. Um, uh, so hopefully we get something the three of us really enjoy enough to, to watch together uh, so we can break it down again. But anyway, Tia, Dom, thank you guys for an all new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, this is another fun episode. Last week was a great comeback. This was a great uh, sequel to that comeback. Uh, and let's just keep rolling with this. Uh, so everyone... This will be both in uh, video form and audio. So if you just want to listen to it or watch it, you will have the option. But nonetheless, thank you guys for tuning in to an all-new episode. We will see you same time, same place next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.